0: Put it down
1: at the chronic level, slow and
0: I down
2: What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. Fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. Got a great one in store for you. Super pumped to get into this conversation with my guest, Cool Nuts. More on that to come. Uh, Just want to say to everybody out there listening, uh, appreciate all the support closing in on a hundred episodes here it's starting to get wild and uh super pumped to just keep keep crushing along with this thing and uh just bring more more people to the program and and uh continue to share with people um this is definitely one of those episodes that uh it was a very cool experience for myself and, uh, and yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get into that. We're going to get into that with cool nuts, but, uh, yeah, if you're listening and you dig what you hear, you know, whether it's your first time or you've listened for a long time and you hear me and you talk about this every episode, um, go ahead, hit subscribe on the iTunes there or wherever you're listening and rate it and review it and give it five stars because those ratings are are incredibly important and it's a it's a free way to give back to the show if you dig what you hear you know you don't have to but you can and it's it's much appreciated because i would like to continue on with this and i would like to uh I would like for more people to get to hear it. And I would like for more people to hear the artists that come on. So if you dig it, you know, share it, but hit subscribe, hit rate and review, give it five stars. Just say a few words. You don't have to say a lot. A few words gets it done. Like, Hey, I dig, dig this particular episode. Like that's a great way to leave a review. You know, shout out the episode that you listen to. Hey, I listened to episode 93 with Cool Nuts and Cool Nuts dropped uh, an incredible <laughs> amount of knowledge on, on the episode. And uh, yeah, you can say shit like that. That's appreciated too. And then I know what guests you're digging too. Um, so yeah, you can, you can do that and you can also subscribe on the YouTube channel which has a bunch of in-studio videos from our in-studio sessions, as well as some some live videos from live outings. Check that out. You can hit subscribe there, and uh, the new videos will just... The, you'll you'll be notified. You'll know when the, the, the fresh ones pop in. They're usually premieres happening through Vortex Music Magazine, who is a big supporter of, of the show. Um, super pumped to be continuing to put content through out through there. So check out vortex magazine. Uh, just a reminder, the next next MoGo business forum meeting is going down at the Doug Fur on February 11th. That is the uh, events put on by Chris Young of vortex magazine, as well as Jason Fellman of Jfl Um, Both those dudes are awesome. And they are providing you with panels on a quarterly basis for free. People just show up and give you knowledge on a certain subject and it becomes, um, a very cool thing, mostly because it, it often becomes a discussion with the crowd too. And the the crowd will, uh, chime in with questions and, and whatnot. And, um, Sometimes other people in the crowd have, have answers as well. and Just cool networking opportunities. So I encourage people to show up to those. And like I said, February 11th is the next one. So check it out. You can find the information on the internets, um, either through Vortex or JFL. You can find that there. February 11th. It's uh, afternoon, w- 1 to 4, I believe. So check it out. Show up. Um, and then also just want to throw this on the calendar as well in regards to this episode of the podcast um, a show that cool nuts is affiliated with uh, from poh hop 14 and chapters alumni presents uh, there's a show going on at the Wonder Ballroom on January 26. This is an all ages hip hop show. Not a lot of all ages shows going on in general. It's a, it's an early one. It's 7 p.m. going on. Fifteen dollars in advance, twenty at the door. Wonder Ballroom, killer venue, and uh, it's with Tyus, 3 a.m. Uh, ESOXO, Supreme. Ugly Frank, and R3X Wonders. So that is a hip-hop show going down at the Wonder Ballroom. Um, I saw a little bit of Tyus at uh, or Tyus at Pickathon. Um, very cool shit. So go check that out on the, on January 26th. And I will post the links in regards to everything from this episode in the show notes, like as far as Cool Nuts is links to his, his stuff and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into episode 93. Um, What a pleasure it was to sit down with cool nuts, man. I could have talked to this guy for hours. And we we did talk for a little over an hour on the mics and then maybe another 30 minutes at least after so and yeah, I think I, I don't know we could I could have just kept talking to this dude this is oh man this was a cool nuts and I we get into a converse, um as a part of the conversation he starts talking about sometimes having to like remind himself about what's going on around him and how much he's he's accomplished and we address that or, or he addresses that and you know, just that whole thing of, you know, the things that you're working towards are happening. And um, this is just like one of those conversations that I walk away from after just kind of with my mind blown that the experience happened because Cool Nuts has been around so much and has had such a, an impact, it seems, like a heavy influence on Portland music. In general, not just hip hop, but just like music in general, and um, his mentality is so inspiring. So, like, you, I just got done having that conversation with him. And obviously, you know, I'm recording this a couple days before I put it out or whatever, but like, I just got home from that conversation. I'm just, I'm charged. <laughs> I am, uh, I am fueled by that conversation with this dude. Um, He has, you know, been doing this for 25, pushing 30 years of a sustainable career in music. And he is just seems like none of like he hasn't lost anything. It seems. Obviously, I didn't know him when he was first coming up, but when you talk to this dude and you'll hear in the conversation, like, there's so much life to him still about, like, there's nothing jaded about what this dude is about. And he seems to adapt and just continue to roll with the punches as far as, like, what the culture is. And, like how technology affects the music culture and the hip hop culture. And uh, it's just very inspiring to be around a dude that is like this excited about what he does. <clears throat> and um, so thank you coolness, for like doing this show. And I think this is a cool episode um, for hip hop heads specifically um, just because we we do talk some specific records get mentioned and specific time periods and whatnot but also you know even if you're not a hip-hop head like this is an educational and episode as well as just a cool look at a guy's journey um and how he's been able to maintain and the mentality that he has done it with is is very cool like i don't i don't know what else to even call it other than just like very cool just his whole demeanor seems very humble but but confident you know like um i don't remember if it was i think it's on the mics yeah we 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 chat about his name a little bit you know just like how cool nuts is an oxymoron you know for his personality and like He is very cool and laid back, but like he also has the confidence, I think, because of what he has in his tool belt, like as far as being a solid rapper and producer and promoter. And he's he's just very, very much knows like how to get shit done for himself because he has all of these tools and if he can't get it done, he, he has the network to reach out to, to make things happen. So man, we should just get into it. Cause I'm just gonna, like, I can just go on and on about <laughs> how I feel about this conversation and just like what it comes down to is this was incredibly dope and I appreciated it so much. And I walked away with a lot from this one. So big ups to, to cool nuts. I, I, can't say thank you enough for the conversation. Um, so let's just get into it. Episode 93. Um, all the all the links are in the notes and we're going to kick it off with uh, did it twice. This is off of coolness most recent record, which is uh, called Terrence. So this is did it twice. <laughs>
3: Yeah, man, we come through with the come through. You gotta act like you've been here before, man. You gotta live it like you did it twice, my nigga. Twice. We coming through, man. J. Fresh uh, B. Uh, live it like we did it twice. Poorly shit. This is really nothing nice. The realest niggas, heart pumps, cold as ice. We was armed up. Niggas really hold it tight. It was cooning. Me and my niggas, we was booning.
1: Checking bands though. Trap spot, it was booming. Off that Clico, Fly
3: shit, we consuming. Like that TV. Bad bitches was tuned in. Versace. High power type grooming. That was foreign talk. Speaking on that losing. Winners only. Niggas that was proven. Five star, South Beach, luxury type roomin' Let's go, tycoonin'. Haters state was looming. Damn, noodle knockin'. Keeping that shit movin'. Old schools juiced up, fast life we zoomin'. Fuck around, get gunned down. These young niggas platoonin'. Let's go, uh. Livin' like we did it twice. Twice. Portland shit. This is really nothing nice. Nice. Off that clique go. Fly shit, we consume it, yes. like that TV, bad bitches is tuned in. Let's go,
0: uh Live like we did it twice, twice Polar shit,
4: this is really we nothing nice. nice Off that creek go fly shit, we consume it, hey, yeah, like that TV, hey. bad bitches is hey. tuned in, let's go Pad hoes on my iPhone Young nigga, I'm running shit And then dirty, to my styrofoam I'm getting money, my way good Niggas them my guala but I'm wildin' out, my shot is up I'm not future bitch, but my commas up And I promised her That I'm living like I did it twice Told my bitch to whip it till she did it right If she ain't tryna get it, she don't get a try I'm eating bitch, it ain't dinner time And these bro coast can't get the line I ball on them like lines up I know me no mind though, They came and told me my haters up, but that just come with your paper up. Huh? I'm papered up, yeah I came from nothing, so I'm living like I'm finna die. Won't stop, shit I'm feeling like I'm dizzy, right? I'm solo, so my old hoes came back to me. Strap for me, y'all black to me. I bust it quick and that's fact to me. I'm getting money, I act different. Ball man's got racks in it. W on my hat, nigga, that's gang shit, bitch. I'm back in it, why? Right? Living like we did it twice, twice Pull shit, this is really
1: nothing nice. nice, Off that clip, go, fly shit, we consuming. Yeah, like that TV Bad bitches is tuned in. Let's go, uh, Living like we did it twice, twice, pull shit. This is really nothing
3: nice, nice. Off that creek go fly shit, we consume it. Yeah, like that TV Bad bitches is tuned in. Let's go, we was blast Blasting packs, we pine uh-huh. From that bottom, turning nothing into something. Oh, okay. godless impeccable. Striking through and we pumpin', quarter brick, whole thing, white girl and it's pumping, rubber bands shoeboxing was jumping, uh-huh. Northeast, late nights, nigga, we was thugging. Got one, match one, Mexican was plugging. Cook that, whip that, nigga, we was jugging. Uh-huh. Uh, this rap got a story to it, do it. Step back, watch a real, nigga. Do it, do it. All my grinders, cooking up your work, do it, do it. Use a sucker. the world turn turn we been killing shit. put that nigga in a urn Dead. life's a Dead. furnace nigga, let that go to burn uh-huh. we gonna stack it up
1: nigga, we gonna make it urn. let's go let's go
2: cool nuts hanging here at the nest here in southeast portland how you doing man i'm good i'm good i'm uh i'm pretty stoked to, to have you on the program here man um uh, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of shit I want to talk to you about and, and get your perspective on and just kind of go through your history a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. I know you're it. one of these old-school Portland dudes, so you <laughs> know I want to take full, full advantage and get, get an education if I can while, yeah. while we're in the midst of this. But, uh, yeah, man, take me back to uh, before Harsh harsh Game for the People. Like, when did you start
3: rapping? When did you get exposed to hip-hop? Man, um it's crazy because we started just in hip-hop culture. So, like, breakdancing was, of course, prominent. Like, when we were in middle school, you know, we were breakdancing in the lunchroom. You know, there was a, um, an arcade on Killingsworth, and they had in the back room, they had a, a back room with linoleum. So we would go back there. And, you know, a lot of the towns, you know, known breakdancers or poppers would be in there or going to Irving Park. Um, and this is back when, you know, Northeast was the real Northeast, as we call it. Um, a lot of, you know, nice black community, um, a sense of unity, like your neighbors, you know, you knew everybody go out and play and ride your bike. So my experience was like hip hop was a, a part of life and, and and a part of, you know, what we were living. And so eventually, you know, as things progressed, you started seeing like rapping becoming more popular. Um, Bosco, my, my business partner and my, my brother basically started... Producing beats and DJing and buying records, so you know we would start just getting into, getting more into hip hop on the backside of buying records and you know playing around on the turntables. And um, we had a couple older guys. Well, they were they, Bosco was the same age as them. I couldn't really say older, but you know back in the days, like a cat that was a year or two older, it yeah, was it felt like, like a Was lot. really older, yeah. you know, <laughs> right? You know, and so, um, so they were like they had a group called Freshness at work, and it was uh, my boy Bosco. Uh, David Calamifoni uh, went by Big Red, um, JB, and then uh, Jumbo are the Lifesavers. So they were like my, my big brothers in hip-hop, and so I was always watching them do stuff. And so eventually kind of the gang culture came in, and um, David, he, he, you know, he, he lost his life, was murdered uh, in Northeast Portland. So kind of things got fragmented. People started going their separate ways, and it kind of left me and Bosco... And I had always been rhyming, but everybody was like, oh, you like the little brother. So I was kind of like, you know, like next in line, like always in the studio, (laughs) going to different stuff. And so I started to like get more serious, writing more raps, you know, listening to a lot more hip hop. And um, as I I got more serious, like Bosco actually had a, we started with a four-track cassette recorder. Then it moved up to an eight-track cassette recorder, and he had it synced to a computer. So we started recording... um, what would be our first real songs. And I remember, you know, being in high school and and rhyming and, and like, battles in the hall or or just kind of, like, displaying your bars. And my boy Mizzy was a... He was a year under me, but he was, like, like another one of my bros. He always would just be like, man, you know, I'm your biggest fan and and always support me, always pushing me to, you know, keep doing what I was doing and would always have the demo because I started out rapping. Uh, My first rap handle was... Was it uh Chillin' tea, the, sing, the single, savage. <laughs> the single savage. The single savage. The oh, single savage. So it man. was like, you know, cause I was I rap by myself, so it was a single savage. So um, he would always have the the chillin' tea. He might even still have it, man. I gotta see if he has that. So we basically um, we just kept recording stuff and eventually like Bosco moved to LA to go to USC. I was still here in Portland, but I would go back and forth between L.A. and here and, and you know, be in the dorm, and, and we'd be making music, and then we decided, like, how, is this going to be a hobby or, or we were going to take it serious? And um, we decided we would take it serious because at the time, the Bay was starting to put out music, so you started seeing, you know, projects from the Bay, independent hip-hop and stuff like that, and just being inspired by, like, the Run DMCs and people like that. Like, uh, so we, we we put together what would be the first demo then then the first thing we put out was a uh, it was a tape a cassette tape called uh, This Niggas Nuts because that was the first introduction to Cool Nuts and some people think like Cool Nuts means my nuts are cool but it means cool but could be crazy because okay. you know I'm not I'm not super laid back like Snoop but I'm not super energetic like Buster Rhymes so, so it's, it's like it's cool just nuts. like an oxymoron it's like an oxymoron sure. like Cool Nuts so, um, so we put out that tape and uh, put it in stores, and people started buying them. And it was really like real Portland centric. Like we had songs like Young Portland Player, uh, Emeralds, Angels, and Roses, and stuff like that. So, like the Emeralds was Seattle, the Angels was LA, and then Roses was Portland because like Seattle had started to become a big supporter of what we were doing. Um, and so, put that tape out. Uh, and then through that, through the course of that, my brother, he got killed, my younger brother, he got killed, again, gang violence. Um, so I put out a song dedicated to him called No Toes, and the B-side was Player Vision. And so we put that, it was a cassette single, and <laughs> so we put that out, and that kind of like, like established, like, like yo, we, we really here. Like, that was when people like, like, cool nuts, you know, like, and that No Toes song, it was like a neighborhood anthem for our neighborhood, because I grew up in Northeast Portland, like, Alberta Prescott, Killingsworth, you know, between MLK and and 33rd and Grant High School. And, you know, so a lot of that was uh, a lot of that was indicative of the music, you know, and it came out of the music and came out from, you know, my journey and my family and my, my losing my brother because we had the same father, but we had the same mother. And at the time he got killed, we were really starting to bond. So it was kind of like it really it hit me hard because it was like yo that was my you know that was my brother yeah you just started to understand the gift and then all of a sudden it was gone yeah and so then bosco around 94 95 he did a record deal with atlantic records a production um production artist deal so when he did the deal with atlantic big beat we were like well man since you did a deal we might as well shop my stuff too because i was basically like He was really more to, he was like a Warren G, a producer rapper, and I was more so like the artist, but we were business partners. Um, And he had also at the time had did the uh, In Living Color theme song too for the TV show. And so we did the, then we shopped my stuff and the songs that we shopped at that time were Party Don't Start and, uh, and Strips. And so the first song we shopped, it might've been was it Strips or Party Don't Start? It was either, either. So basically, we shopped one of them, got it, and then I got the interest of Def Jam, Atlantic, Tommy Boy, and um, and so then through the course of us getting that interest, we did the deal. I did a deal with Atlantic. So when I did the deal with Atlantic, we started. Now we both got major label record deals. We working. So of course, you know, in the scheme of things, we're like new artists. We didn't kind of know what we were doing. We were from Portland, and uh, what was crazy is. Craig Kalman, who was the head of um, Atlantic at the time, or Big Beak, came to Portland, you know, to, like, court me, and um, (laughs) we were at the Heathman Hotel. We had breakfast, and then um, when I, in the lobby, when I came out was the Dandy Warhols and rest in peace Thor Lindsay. So, it was like, that's when I was kind of like, yeah, I've I've arrived, because at the time, you know, um, the hip-hop scene, the music scene intersected, so if you were really doing shit, in the music scene here, you were inter- you were interconnected with the rock scene too. For sure, so you knew TK Records, you knew you know you knew uh, Thor, and Lindsay, you knew the Dandy Warhols. Yeah, you know.
2: Do you feel like that's just because? Uh it wasn't as saturated as it is now, or like there wasn't as me- like the population of the music scene
3: wasn't as big as it is now. Definitely, because a lot of stuff that we were doing, we were learning it from them. Like we were watching the, the indie rock scene, like putting out albums, you know, getting features in the newspaper, doing putting on their own shows. So we that kinda, DIY mentality yeah. and kind
2: of kind of using that. Yeah, I've always I've always found that interesting, like how that, that like that DIY mentality and like. Punk rock mentality yeah. can all be applied across the board. However, you want to use it, but specifically, I think it works really well in the hip hop scene if if uh, if used correctly. Nah, you no, know? definitely.
3: And we followed that blueprint, man, from from the rock art. You know, indie rock scene.
2: Yeah, it, is that like a lot of where your ideas came from when you got to that point with
3: Bosco? When you're like, are we are we doing this or are we just like fucking around? I mean, that was that was um before i kind of got fully entrenched like because it was like a, a not even trial and error we were on the trial but and fortunately there wasn't a lot of errors because um, we were both kind of like you know using a lot of common sense and, and and real well thought out gentlemen you know what i mean so um so we more or less just 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 were kind of like yo the record stores are letting us put the records in stores let's put them in there okay yeah. we can book our shows let's book our shows so then we um, we did the record deal Um, you know we started doing more you know more stuff but we were still working for ourselves and then eventually the record deal didn't work out so I more or less took the uh, you know left Atlantic got back in the studio I bought you know from the money we had made and, and different stuff we were doing built my own studio here in Portland, recorded recorded what was Harsh Game, added, you know, added Party Don't Start, which is one of the songs we shot, to that album. And basically then um, that was what I would kind of say would be our chronic. It was because we were like literally, you know, I'm in my bedroom, my bed is here, studio is right there. So I'm like literally every day getting up, roll out of bed, either handle some business, Make beats and um, you know make beats, record songs, you know. And then we had the label as well, so we had Gism, we had Kenny Mack, we had uh, of course Maniac. So like we were we would be in the studio from you know sun up to sundown on top of like you know being in the field hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like so a lot of stuff. We was really like really living it. Like you know every day was music hustling, you know, and 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 really man living. Like what was like Northeast Portland was dope at this time, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so then I put out Harsh Game, and it it exceeded the expectations because that was the first that was the first that was the first real like official CD release, you know that put in stores, and and invalidated what I was doing. Like like what really was an exclamation point was. Uh, taking a box of CDs at Tower Records on 102nd, putting them in there, and then, you know, them calling, like, a week later, like, yo, we need more CDs. And then walking in the store, oh, man. you know, walking in the store in the top 25, I walk in, I see the top 25. and And I'm used to coming in as a fan, like, you know, buying records. Come in, I see the top 25. The first CD was Madonna, Tupac, cool nuts harsh game number three oh, crazy yeah and that was what that's what validated to me like i'm to that to this day like that was like when i walked in. i said okay you know it's real now it's really it's really real like this is i'm and i knew already i was built to do it but that established like the town is the town it's is like, fucking yeah. with me this isn't you know what i'm saying yeah. people are people are really buying this shit like like when i say like like I went in there, like the first box we dropped, I probably dropped off 30 CDs the first time. Brought back another box of 100, and we blew through 100 130 CDs in probably two weeks in in that one store. That don't count. Everywhere else is is booming. You feel me? Like yeah. we, you know,
2: it's moving. Uh, yeah. At that point, were you were you doing any uh touring outside of the city, or were you just pretty much just working <laughs> Northwest and
3: once I had put out the uh, that cassette single. And that's when I, like, took it up to Seattle. Seattle started to, like, catch on to the single. From there, we kind of started to get attention. And then once I put out Harsh Game, Harsh Game was kind of the gate opener to the whole, like, the whole Northwest. When I say the whole Northwest, I'm talking about I started getting calls from Boise, Idaho, um, you know, uh, even Vancouver, B.C., uh, Denver, Colorado, um, Salt Lake City, you know, of course, all of Oregon, Yeah, um, all of Washington, too. Like, we've, we've played, like, man, places where people, you wouldn't even think it would be a hip-hop show. You know what I mean? Like, Sunnyside, Washington, Walla Walla, um, Yakima, Mall, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, uh, Lewiston, Idaho, uh, Pullman, Washington, um, Tri-Cities. For sure. Yeah, Bellingham, Bremerton, yeah. Olympia. It's hitting them all. Yeah, man, <laughs> everywhere. You know, Longview, Kelso. Um, so it was just, like, you know, crazy, man. Like, like, I'm, and at the time, too, like, I'm just doing it for love. Like, I'm not – when we did – even when I did Harsh Game, Harsh Game was a record that was, like, me and my guys, you know. We, cause, and then a lot of the stuff on Harsh Game, people don't realize I produced. So, like, What I'm About, 76 Nova – um, what else uh, a lot of my popular songs like that people still would be like those are the classics yeah you know i produce those
2: yeah did, did that just kind of come out of almost necessity for you to to start producing your own beats and stuff just so that
3: you didn't have to like wait upon somebody else to provide you with beats yeah well a lot of it was too was watching bosco because i was always around the other side which was the production side and the DJ side, so I would always watch stuff he was doing and then like he was like bro you in Portland I'm in LA you might as well have a studio so you can record and then you can bring stuff down here so um it was it, it was out of necessity of being able to work you know and being able to have my guys working um and I learned a lot. learned how to, like I said, learn how to make beats. Learn how to engineer. Learn how to how to run a studio. Learn how to run a record label. You know, so um, you know, because nobody else was going to do it. And and that was that's what set us apart of being able to up the level of productivity of not being able, like nothing could stop us. And then also, there were a lot of things that the studio was also beneficial just to the to the to the hip hop community.
2: You just start bringing bringing in people and starting to really put. Portland on the map in in some capacity as far as yeah. like having a hip hop scene and, and a couple people that, are, that yeah yeah in well the city people see people
3: that's the thing where people always try to say like like as artists come along like somebody put you know oh they they finally put Portland on the map well it's like. Nah, Portland. We've been putting Portland on the map. Like we've been in New York. We've been in L.A. Like you could go in major labels even to this day and be like, "Who you know from Portland? Who was in the Source from Portland? Who was in Double XL? Who was in Murder Dog? Rap Pages? You know what I mean? Who did you see at South by Southwest? Who did you see in Miami at uh the the Mix Show Power Summit or Jack the Rapper? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like You know it's not no, like Bosco. Like Bosco have been. Putting you know putting records together for E40 and working with Kanye and it's just that sometimes certain types of stuff from here ain't gonna always get the props that it deserves like you know we we've been carrying the flag Lifesavers carried the flag and on a major level like like nobody like nobody from Portland was like in in Amsterdam and in Norway and and uh, London you yeah. know, like we were but first and foremost and that's and that's before really the internet was popping like Cass got a Kat's got a, a a global connect now. We didn't have no Global Connect. We had you actually sending CDs, like cats in Japan ordering boxes of CDs from me, you know, and, and, and like, so when you say a presence or Portland being on the map, like, people been working and putting Portland on the map, you know? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um,
2: yeah I, I had the, uh, I feel like the, the pleasure of, of not growing up with the internet until I was about 15. Yeah. I know you got a few years on me, but... I'm Born in 85, so, you know, high school was late 90s, early yeah. 2000s and whatnot, and, yeah, got the internet around then. Yeah. Um,
3: but you how, also were able to catch the organic the organic side of hip-hop, too, like... Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, when it was a whole different time. I mean, I remember,
2: yeah, I remember, you know, dialing into the radio. I grew up in, like, outside of L.A., yeah. so Power 106, yeah, yeah, yeah. where hip-hop lives, you yeah. know? Like, that, that was on the on the radio dial quite a bit and yeah. like definitely when i think about you know harsh times and uh uh speak up, speak upon Speaking a million upon a million yeah. like when i think about those records and then the on a mission record that you do with gism like that shit is all like so classic like west coast that g funk yeah like yeah That sh- that shit ring like resonates so much with me because you know like at that time when i was first dialing into the radio it was like Snoop and Dre and and all that shit, man. Yeah. Like and the regulator, you know, yeah, yeah. They dog and, and corrupt and all all that all that shit, you know, coming out of there. So that was, uh, I don't know. It was nice. I've been kind of going on, you know, getting getting up on my Cool Nuts history this yeah. this last week or so, and, and really diving into all your records. So it was it was fun to go back and l- and listen to those records, and I was, and
3: and that and the thing is, like, even with those records, like those records were genuine. Like like when you hear Mac Dre. On a, on the a record, like like we was hanging with Mac Dre. You know what I'm saying? When you hear "In Too Deep," we was hanging with "In Too Deep." When you hear "E40," like "E40" is at my wedding. You feel like, <laughs> like, like when you hear you know Sibo uh, uh, or any of them guys. Like those was really like like that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes I think because it's not predominantly what the Portland press is into, they don't at times give us our full credit for exactly what. You know what has been done in terms of like for the city, like you know what I mean, like taking it beyond beyond boundaries and and yeah, toward, like tech, working with Tech Nine and stuff like and, and understanding the importance of that, you know what I
2: am I I feel you because like when I'm like going through your catalog and just like oh fuck man, E40s on like several tracks, yeah. you know that Tech Nine track, and it's yeah, just like yeah. dude, this is crazy, like <laughs> yeah. Do you even know what's happening here? Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and that's
3: how I feel at times, like even pushing some of them records, like. Like pushing them even to the press here. Like, do you not real? You don't realize what this is. Like, you don't realize like, like these are people that not that are not just on the songs. They respect what we do. They respect the city because they came in contact and saw like, like damn, it's some dudes from Portland that like when we in L. A. We seeing y'all out there too, or and your name is ringing bells, or we t- we in the, like a lot of times people don't realize like. We was in the same places as those people off our music, not off no, you know, nobody vouching like, nah, like, oh yeah, that's that's coolness and them from Portland. Or sometimes people be like, Oh, that's they from Seattle. Yeah, and they the, just think it's
2: Northwest. Where all right, so you know, you obviously grew up in the era of no internet. Like where where were you consuming all the stuff
3: that was inspiring you? Man, it was like, like for one, like Second Avenue Records. Oh, that's that's
2: um, that's one of my favorites. In yeah, Portland. for two for sure. like
3: again Tower like Tower Records and Second Avenue Records are two of the biggest assets because Tower was the big global, but they also supported independent music. Like you could consign records, they bought records from from uh, from indie distributors. So you could get everything at Tower. Second Avenue was the the underground, so all of the like bay stuff. You know, she was bringing that in. And um, so there, of course, you had MTV, BET, but the thing was, you didn't have that. Uh, you didn't have that 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 any time access like you got now. It was like you had to wait for your MTV Raps to come on. It wasn't on on yeah, demand, yeah, for sure. Like, so you had to come home from school, <laughs> putting
2: the tapes in the in the hey, boombox and recording hey, songs hey, off the radio VHS and shit. Tapes.
3: <laughs> like probably to this day, at my grandmother's, I probably still got a bunch of like VHS tapes of like rap videos on the box. For sure. And, and sitting there rewinding them like, what type of shoes is he wearing? Like, man, what, you know, what was that jacket? What was the logo on his hat? Like, yeah. like you had to really do your research and be up on it, man. So MTV, BT, That was when box. all
2: those were just constantly music videos. Yeah. When it, was it was so well, sick. Yeah. Every day, yeah. coming home from school and like, even at like eight years old, I remember <laughs> seeing like
3: that big Papa video and shit. Like, and you had to wait oh, to see serious. it. You had to wait to see it. It wasn't like, oh, I can. I'm gonna come home and I can just put it on or watch it on my right. phone. You <laughs> right. had to wait for it to come on. You know what I mean? So, um, two
2: big moments in hip hop history. I'm, I'm curious, uh, just because you were, you know, in your prime during this time. Like, what was it like seeing the rise of something like NWA happen? Being like a West Coast rapper, did that have any impact on, on what you're doing. You know the doing? crazy
3: thing is we not only saw the rise of NWA, we saw the the, the the start of Ruthless Records. Like like when I say like Bosco was buying vinyl yeah. and, and he, I don't know if he probably still has it but like the first Easy E records, like A Dope Man and um, and all of those records. So we watched when the when the first he's like if you watch straight out of Compton, we grew up in that time. So like we remember getting those the first Easy E vinyl on, on what is it, McCola Records or whatever, and listening like, ooh, what the you know, what is this? Like it's easy E. You know, boop boop, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. And like, so all of that and, and and who is this ice cube dude? You know, who the who is this this dude is, is rapping, you know, crazy. So you you know and then another thing was in that time. The gang, like the gang life, was was starting to pop. Like in '86, gang life started to really take over in Portland too. So we're not only like listening to this music; it's around you. And then we're going. Then I'm going to LA too. So I'm in LA. You know, eighty, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. I'm in new. I'm in LA. You know, in the peak of, you know, all of that. Like the 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 West Coast, like Ice T, King T, um, Compton's Most Wanted, um, and watching all of that stuff happen. So. You know that was a big part of of, of of what what we saw and what like like what we, what was influencing us and what we grew up on. So it was it was crazy. Like and then watching that growing, like even stuff people don't even know. Like I was me and uh, DJ Fatboy were on the road and I was playing him. Like um, what is it called? Uh, Boss Hog. It was there was Penthouse Players Click. It was like uh, is it OC, OC, OCC or O C. I forget what the group was, but uh, also Above the Law, like all of these other groups that were on Ruthless Records that people wouldn't even know about nowadays that they didn't even put in the movie. So like all of that was stuff we were growing up on, like people didn't even realize like, and a whole bunch of like, unheard of like like banging on wax and um different stuff like that that was like you know crazy dub seeing the mad circle and and which had coolio in it before coolio blew up so watching all those guys like you know that whole la scene was crazy man
2: yeah um would you say first and foremost then like la and bay area stuff was um
3: Informing the sound the most, like opposed it, to anything, like it anything. was. But at the same time, hip hop. See, that's the thing. It was just hip hop. So at the same time, you're still listening to um, to Rakim. You're still listening to, to Gang Starr. You're still listening to um, EPMD because it was just hip hop. So there was no that that whole East Coast West Coast thing really hadn't kicked in because you had a lot of stuff from the East Coast that was that was that was the first stuff you heard. That and was hip hop. That being rock him shit. Yeah, man, fuck. And then and then L A. and then L A. came in, you know, and and and, and put and then also then start putting their imprint on it. So it was like, like I grew up in hip hop, man. I like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I rap, but I grew up in hip hop. I grew up in, you know, um, break dancing, um, DJ DJing. You know what? What like that was our life. Like that was my life. Hip hop was my life, and rapping became a part of it that fueled, of course, my journey. But um, I was blessed to see a lot of that stuff like progress. Like just watch hip hop progress to what it is now. Absolutely, man. And then you saw the whole kind of East Coast West Coast
2: thing finally erupt, and the Pac and Biggie thing yeah. kind of go down, and everything. Yeah. And that was that. Uh, I don't know, like, where where did you stand in in all of that mix? Like, do you do you claim like a a side of the not the pie at bad. that time, or do you just try to like lay low and and just keep doing your thing?
3: Well, the thing is, it's not even like like because that was more for them. Like like in terms of like when you really talk about the East Coast West Coast thing, it was like you either chose to be a part of that or 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 chose to be of that mindset. Because like I just love. Dope music, man like Right I, I, Biggie Biggie was dope Tupac was dope But then there's So many other artists Like Nas And Mob Deep that, that were dope That I was You know That I'm listening to But then at the same time Snoop is dope One of my favorite You know West Coast sure. Is the Dog Pound Dog Food You know Of all time You know DJ Quick So it's like Um
2: Good shit comes from everywhere. Exactly, this is like anything. Like, there's good people in every group. There's shitty people in every group, and
3: yeah. So it's hard to like. It's hard to be like, yeah, I'm West Coast on mine, and that. You know, the only thing I didn't like is when, like, if there was a bias towards what we were doing, because I feel like I just love hip hop, right? And we listen to it like all of us, like, you know, like even if you listen to like Jeff Family, like, I'm more so. Just
2: Family being your label, the yeah. label, just and, to and yeah. the so just family, know.
3: You know, and, and which encompass Cool Nuts, g a Maniac, low, Kenny Mac, Bosco. So Bosco, like I said, was essentially like our Dr. Dre slash Warren G. You know, I would kind of, I would say like, I would be like the middle ground of like um, exhibit easy, I mean, E-40 type, ice cube type music. And then uh Gism was kinda like our outcast, our dog pound. Um, Maniac was kinda like our SIBO. And then uh, and then Kenny, Kenny was like kinda quirky, like a, a, a like Snoop meets kinda corrupt. So you had all these different elements. And then of course like lifesavers, them is my bros, and they're like more on some like straightforward hip hop, you know what I mean? Like De La Soul, uh, meets brand Nubian, you know what I'm saying? So it was like I just love hip hop, right? And, and, and so all the like the boundaries and borders. If I hear something dope, it's dope. It don't matter where it came from, right? You know,
2: <laughs> was there there any like pressure to lean towards one side or the other, like from from people around you or nah, anything like that? Nah, I mean, that?
3: there was always kind of like like there always there started to be like a separation of like oh that East Coast shit or, right. or, or y'all yeah, yeah West Coast shit, but. I'm not, I'm not tripping on that unless somebody's, like, somebody's tripping on me. But even then, like, I'm not some, you know, I'm not a separatist, man. I feel like if it's dope, it's dope. I don't care where you're from. That's my main thing. Agreed, know? agreed.
2: Uh, yeah, there's, I don't know. I would, you know, obviously try not to, there's no reason to, like, claim allegiance to, to one or the other. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do often find that, like, a lot of my, like, my favorites my tops you know come from the the east the east coast you yeah, know like yeah. and talk like biggie and and five dog yeah. you know like but equally on the west as well so but
3: all of that stuff is legendary stuff drive right. called quest right. is legendary man right. like like you it listen, doesn't matter
2: where it comes from
3: yeah man bonita apple or electric <laughs> what is electric relaxation yeah man all of that man EPM- epmd is one of my favorite groups of all time and but Compton's most wanted is too Yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying um, For sure, Ice man. Cube, you know Ice Cube, uh, Death Certificate, and all of those records, like some <laughs> Summer Vacation, you Death know? Certificate, yeah, so, yeah. So, so stuff like, there's so much EPMD. So what you saying has the same EPMD. So what you saying has the same impact to me as nothing but a G thing when I listen to music.
2: For sure, man. Yeah, and I don't know. Hopefully, it comes off as a compliment. Of, like, overall. All that shit like comes through in your music to me. And, yeah. and like it's it's a very cool thing. I'd like I I don't know, when I put that shit on I like I'm just like, Oh, this is uh, this is this is the shit. Like this is it. Yeah. This is uh, like this captures that sound in not in some in- inauthentic way. Like yeah, yeah. I like I feel like there's flares of of different influences all over the place, like sometimes. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, you talking about in my
3: stuff? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You like go when hear, I when I hear a little Wu Tang in there. Yeah, dude. Like, like
2: when I when I listen to your stuff, I associate it with that with with those classics. Yeah. I yeah, guess. like, yeah. In short, you know, and you know, like, but that's
3: what I was inspired by, and that's like we came up at a time when like making dope. Records and albums,
2: not singles. Yeah, like
3: making like where it had a, a journey and a purpose. Yeah, some skits um, in between. Yeah, and yeah, some. Slit skits and song ideas. Yeah, uh,
2: you know, speaking of, of some of that stuff, you know, just going back to to harsh game, like thinking about uh, something like like ease words uh-huh. on there, and uh, that kind of addresses like the separation and people wanting to like claim a side and whatnot and. Uh, also just kind of addresses Portland's hip hop scene at that that moment in time. Do you feel like that still very much like applies like what he says in there? Which and one was E's words?
3: E's words he's
2: he's just talking about how uh, you know like people want to claim Portland hip hop but like people aren't coming together yet to yeah, like yeah, lift yeah. each other up and it's it's just kind of that bit, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. kinda of like, oh I wanna be East Coast, I wanna be yeah. West Coast, but like nobody wants to jump in and, and just like lift each other up. And I guess uh, I don't know. As I get older, I just don't see the benefit in the in like being a hater about shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there there's one, no th- there's like there's there's aspiring to be better. You know, it, And I think a lot of it probably as a young artist, it comes out of jealousy. Maybe oh, yeah. it's like, why am I not there? Like. I feel like I'm as good as this person. Why am I not getting the same accolades? Yeah. When really, like, you should just be looking to those people. Like, oh, how can I raise the bar? You know, like, yeah. how, how can I get to that level? Yeah. So like, I don't know. It just, uh, it just seems to be like a common thing, though. You know, it's. Uh, just, I just don't see the benefit. Like, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't like. There's shit that's not for me. You yeah. know, Like that, I don't care for. But it's just yeah, like, yeah, no, definitely. You know, like. If this person, you know, is making millions off their, their hit record, you know, they did something right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right?
3: Well the thing is is that you don't have to like it, but then there's a difference in trying not to understand it. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the ignorant perspective is to try to not to understand it like, okay, what is the appeal? Why is this making millions of dollars? Why right. why did it get hundred and ninety million streams? You know what I'm saying? Like and that was one of the things like I don't I I'm the same, I'll tell you like it might not be for me, but I'm gonna respect it you know I'm not gonna oh that's whack like I'm not gonna be that guy I'm gonna be like okay I see what what it's doing and it might not be for me or 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 but I want to understand what's what's making that pop you know right cool man um
2: yeah let's get into a let's get into a song I've been talking about these you know these kind of first three records that, that you had the the pleasure to be a part of and 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 put out and uh one of the records I've been going pretty hard on is the on a mission. Oh the, yeah. The GSm re- yeah, record yeah. that you
3: did. Uh, <laughs> That's was, a classic, man. Was
2: that one of the first like full blown collaboration albums you did, or did it just kinda get built that light- way when I like when I go through the archives of like cool notes stuff. Well, it what kind of bills as like GSM record, you know, not so much like a cool Nuts record produced by or whatever. Well
3: what happened was is that at the time, um, you know, of course those... Those are like, those are my bros, those are my bros. Those are the first artists I've worked with in terms of like being on Just Family, like traveling out of town, recording music with Bosco, um, going to Seattle, doing so much stuff together. Like me and Ray Ray, how we met, we were going to PCC together. And we had a lot of mutual friends that we grew up with in the neighborhood. But when I started going to PCC and I met him, we just clicked, you know? And so he lived four blocks from me. And so going to PCC, I would either go by there and we'll walk to PCC or I'll pick him up and we'll drive or whatever. But we just built. And then Ray Ray was the first, like, rapper I was working with then. Well, actually not. Actually, the first rapper I was working with was a guy named JD. And um, and, and, and he was the first one to come to me and, uh, and pay me to make beats for him and record. So I kind of, like first project I executive produced and we put it together and it had g on there and Kenny Mack and I was on there and that was the first cassette that I played a role in but then Ray was uh, like I said that's like family and then uh, then then Young Randall came to the picture and they formed g and so they had a unique thing going on but as we had put out um, as we had put out Harsh Game I was like was popping at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like not to say, you know, at the time it was like I'm popping, like and so I'm like You're busy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not just like not just busy, but in terms of popularity and, and it, like yeah. popping. So I'm like, man, instead of us like instead of us like just putting throwing y'all stuff out, let's do Gism featuring cool nuts and then use my celebrity to, to help push it. Yeah. Absolutely. So when people look at it, they don't say Oh, cool nuts and Gism—they just say Gism. But when people were going to the record store and see it, they were like, "Oh, Gism and cool nuts." Then they see, then you know, like for instance, like even Strips, like Strips is a song that I knew. Like, like we just took like the dopest stuff we had and put it on there. You know what I'm saying? And then like for instance, like even on Harsh Game, Portland Life—that's actually Gism. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right, so it's like, right. but people would be like, "Oh, and the cool nuts sound Portland Life." But that's G-ism, you know, but, and then, but Strips, which is one of the most popular songs on that album, is a Cool nut song. So we were like, (laughs) we were doing it like, 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 like Dog Pound or or like I said, like Wu-Tang. Just trying to lift people up and spread spread different names. Yeah. Use whatever we got. If I'm, if I'm the, if I'm the Snoop Dogg or Jay-Z of our crew, let's use that to push y'all stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's always been uh, a very cool thing about, about rap and hip hop is the ability to you know kind of showcase the yeah. people that are around you you yeah. know like and and throw them on a verse or something even if you give them one verse on a, on a record you know it yeah, can be a yeah. big deal for somebody so well cool man let's get into strips this is uh this is off the on a mission record yeah and cool nuts this is
3: strips everybody and i can tell you a deep story about this when we come back oh yeah yeah <laughs>
4: It's just another day Sun rays, clear skies I got to wipe my eyes Toners on my mind so I need to Crease of my shorts, lace of my feet Lux, expose the water to the hose Potion turtle wax with the beaks in the back 7-8 Chevy, on clean when it's seen Homies hit the strips, white walls, chrome lips As I dip through your hood, a residential spot I'm bypassing all the players at the car wash lots. what I got, Notions to smash, mash Cadillac turns every foot on the gas McClane's, roadsters and straight lace trues Sixteen switches and all good. Go choose, don't snooze Cause we having everyday fun Tight joints on the strip Players bending time One. Oh, the that you run. in my leg so got the bumbling beats, attracting the pros, went up 15 to get my loot, knuckleheads tried to jack, almost had to shoot, a car rolls up, who can it be, it's Mr. Cool Nuts pushing a clean Monte. he rolled down his window and he started to say, it's all about his family and the doctor bombay, all day, we push him till the wheels fall off, pays the cost to floss Steve. loving how we toss the, MPVs and six trees on chrome threes, breeze blowing, baby strolling with the, the chief show and we rollin' Benji foldin' the G-Dub holdin' we still rollin' You know it don't stop like a colon P-Zero to, to Michelin's Playboy what you twistin' in Sun glistenin' Portland to, to Michigan trippin' switches in shooting sparks off the oil pan California to Oregon they love the candy man Don't bring sad just put down your Mac hand While these players trip and catch Bosco on the strip. Yeah. sunny day mpv in brooklyn california Capri. homies pay a beef for some transport from sacramento chicago the east side of the oak i know cause this you can trust to roll a raggedy cut list it's better than the bus i used to catch it hate it watch homies roll by but now the aces in my face tone the zone straight lacing in the deck bosco gets much play and am the cones with my the bass thrives, a player reminisces this, thinking of the strips in Dallas, St. Louis, Minneapolis, on the daily people get they twist on, New Jersey, Queens, New Orleans, folks feed to have they tight joints, soft from 23rd and Rainier, all the way down to show oh, the strips that you run.
2: man you left me on a cliffhanger before we got into strips so uh,
3: what's what's the uh the story with that so basically strips was um a song we had put together actually that's right strips so strips was the first one we shopped then we created party don't start next so we were recording Bosco made the beat i had come up with the idea oh strips that you roll on a sunny day and um And so I had wrote the first version of the lyrics, and I went in and recorded them, and then Bosco was like, he's like, man, I'm not trying to be rude, but I feel like for what you do, you could come tighter. And it's the first time he really said that to me, and I kind of like, at first I got in my feelings, and then I was like, all right, so I rewrote the song. When I rewrote the song, um, re-recorded it, and then we shopped it, got it got a deal so that was the first time i really learned like somebody's giving you criticism it's not it's a lot of times it can come from a a, coming from a good place if you trust that person and it could turn into something bigger you know which essentially was a record deal
2: yeah it's important to have those people around you that are not gonna bullshit you about everything you do and be like oh no man everything is gold like every every time you knock it out of the park yeah you don't need no yes man man yeah absolutely um when did you start, like, developing relationships with people like, like E-40? And I know you said he was, like, at your wedding and shit. Like, yeah. Like, when do you start kind of meeting with
3: these people and, like, them becoming part of your scene? And So basically, the, like, it was two things that we were doing that played a role in that. One, Bosco's in L.A. producing and making music. Two, I'm up here putting out music independently. So as artists are coming through... They're, at, they're going to record stores and different stuff. And they're like, so who's who's doing something? So oh, Cool Nuts, you need to get in touch with Cool Nuts. So people would start hitting me. So, like, I would end up building with, like, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, JT, the bigger figure uh, from the Bay. I'm not um, familiar with San Quinn, um, like, Drew Down, the Loonies. Okay. All of those people, three times crazy. So all of, like, the popping independent Bay artists. As they started coming through they would start building with me so then but then at the same time Bosco's in LA doing stuff and so we would we would put the two together so then I'm basically up here and E40 was very popular so when I go to LA I'm telling Bosco about E40 because 40 wasn't wasn't bubbling in the in LA like that yet so as I would go down there I would play E40 for people and the click and people would be like, "Oh man, this is this is cool." So then, eventually, Bosco knew like that was one of my favorite rappers. Um, so one day he hits me, he's like, "Yo, man, uh, Jive hit me. They want me to do the Sprinkle Me remix." And he's like, "What direction should I go?" Because he wasn't he wasn't he knew 40, but he wasn't into his music. So he was like, "What direction should I go?" Okay. And I'm like, "Yo, you should go this direction. You gotta mob it out." Da 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 da. So we end up. He did the remix. And on the album credits, he puts, if you look on the credits of the remix, it'll say additional games sprinkled by coolness. Oh, nice. (laughs) And um, And so from there, we just started getting cool with 40. And then Bosco, of course, is producing for 40. I'm doing like, I'm not only rapping, but I'm still, I'm also promoting shows. So then we, I start booking shows for 40. So then we just start getting cool and cool and cooler. And then like he becomes, you know, not only Bosco's friend, but my friend too. And so then, like, and even then, like, Mac Dre and Into Deep, and again, C-Bow, uh, uh, um, Yuck Mouth for the Looney showed me so much love. Um, who else? Like, Raz Kaz, Mr. Fab. Like, a lot of cats just would see me as being like, like, I'm up here doing my thing. Like, Nuts is a factor for Portland, you know, in the Northwest. But also people in the Bay know who he is because he's rocking with us in L.A. and Phoenix and, you know what I mean? For sure, just growing so, affiliations yeah. with different people and, and helping them out when they come through and yep. the
2: same vice versa and whatnot. Um, yeah, as far as, like, when you started promoting and, and, like, booking shows and stuff like that, was that just another way to – be a sustainable, like, independent artist, or was that just kind of out of the love of, of wanting to put together things?
3: Nah, for man, people? we were we were following what the indie rock scene was doing. They were doing their own shows, and, and Portland gave us the ability to book our own shows and get our own venues. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, I don't know if you ever heard of my guy David Parks. Or, or uh, I, right now he's in a band called Too Many Zoos. Okay. So David Parks at the time was he was came here from Indiana, so he he saw kind of saw what I was doing from the side. And he was like, yo, man. He came to me. He was like, I see what you're doing. I want to, um, he was like, um, I want to build with you. I got some ideas. And he was in a band called Hitting Birth. So he was like, this is how we do shows. We can start doing our own shows. And I see what you're doing with these records. Let's start putting on our own shows. So then we started booking shows at La Lona, at Satira Con, Burbati's, uh coffee shop called Umbra Penumbra. Um, and just and then from there, like like everything that I did, once I kind of like, once I kind of put my foot in something and I learned it, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is another facet of the business. So once I start putting out records, I know how to put out records. Once I start booking shows, now I know how to book shows. And a lot of stuff like even in in building with people, like people would see what I what I could do for myself. So like E forty E forty saw what I was doing for myself. Right. So when it came to his tours, yo nuts, you want to come tour manage? Or, or my guy Stretch, who manages Run the Jewels and Krayshawn, and um, and a number of other artists. Like, we would go do shows, and he was managing Mr. Fab, so he would see me booking these shows, and and I'm out there rapping, so I'm rapping, booking shows, kind of basically tour managing. The so Renaissance when, man. Yeah. So when he when he started working with Krayshawn, like nuts. I know you're reliable. You want to come tour manage for Krayshawn, you know. So, a lot of that, like doors open for me, like, picking up a skill here, picking up a skill there. Like, even now with radio, like, you call me, say, nuts, can you produce a radio show? Yep. <laughs> I, can, I can run next gen, I can run Cool Edit Pro, I can run the board, you know, I know how to take the phone calls, so. Yeah, so
2: basically, you you don't need anybody to to make things happen for you. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Have, have taken all the control out of everybody's hands as far as, like, whatever you can control. Yeah,
3: or, yeah, or if you put me in a position... I know how to function in that position. You know what I mean? Like, you send me a contract for a show, I can read it. You ask me to coordinate travel for 10 people, I can do it. You need me to book, you know, hotels for those 10 people, I can do it. Um, we have a, a group that's that's, that's uh, popular. I can do PR, you know? Uh, so all of these are things I've learned, you know, from myself.
2: Yeah. Um, do you think that that's part of your sustainability, though, as, like... As a, a music artist, man, most like, definitely. Because you've been doing this what thir- like thirty years, close yeah, to. Yeah,
3: going on thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started at least uh, tw- like twenty five. Yeah, twenty five or... years, and um, and uh, just stuff like even like with with Slum Village, like me working with, for instance, like Slum Village Tech Nine. I met boss, like basically David. David at the Roseland hits me, says, "Hey, you wanna you wanna help me promote these Tech Nine shows?" I'm doing Portland and Seattle. You ever heard of this guy? I'm like, yeah, I heard of him. And Tech already knew who we were because he had been working with the Loonies and all them. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. So we we put on the Portland first like big Tech Nine shows in Portland and Seattle. So we perform on them too. So as I run into Tech and I'm like, ah oh, nuts, what you doing? I'm like, oh yeah, we put these shows on. So then I build with the owner of the label. Then from there, he's like, Well shit, you already doing this? You rapping, I know you got popularity out here. You want to do some more shows, so then I've probably done like a 100, 150 shows with Tech Nine over over the course of time. But but Tech knew who we were, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that opened those doors. And uh, and then next thing you know, while we're on tour, we and Eugene, Hey, Tech and Chris, y'all want to do a song? You got a studio? Yep, I got a studio. Let's go to the studio. They knock out the song, Slum Village. Like I'm tour managing for them and Pete Rock, and and I don't and I don't get a, and I don't get around them, Pete. Yeah, and I was well really I was tour manager I was tour manager for Pete Rock first but oh, slum like slum like how I handle my business so but I, but I wasn't there in the capacity of a rapper and I wouldn't even talk about rapping so as we get closer to the west coast we get like to like Kansas City and uh we end we in the place and somebody comes up in front of them like you kind of look like somebody I'm like I'm like who like yeah, I already know what the, you know what they're Like, man, you ever heard of? You kind of look like Cool Nuts. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I am Cool Nuts. And so it's in front of them, and they're like, and they like, and they turn to him, and they turn like, they turn to Pete and Slumer. And like, you guys know who this is? I'm like, they're like, no. It's like it's our tour manager. They're like, bro, fucking, <laughs> fucking legend from Portland, bro. Oh, that's killer, legend. Dude. And so then from then on, like, then they like kind of looking at me different. So then um next, you know, then Pete starts like, "Yo, you want to uh you know, like I want to hear some music." So then I start sending Pete music or and um and then Slum like I send Slum the best and worst song. They jump on the song. Then the next thing I'm on tour with Slum doing, you know, me Slum and um who else was it? I forget who else was on that tour, but um but just that's how how doors opened up, you know what I mean? Like whether it be slum, whether it be um, Tech 9, whether it be all these things, like from from the work I was doing here, it it would constantly speak for itself to the for point sure. where it would open the doors with them. So you, know? you didn't you didn't have to
2: pursue opportunities; they kind of came to you yeah. just just Man, from never, your work ethic.
3: I'm never in the room like no matter. I'm never in the room like yeah, I'm a rapper. Like I'm gonna do you know. I I'd rather like somebody else tell somebody like oh yeah, this cool nuts from Portland. You know what I'm saying? And then oh okay, word. I'm gonna check you out, and they check me out like like how you said like damn, I didn't know you.
2: Yeah cuz you don't want to be the guy in the room like trying to sell yourself and nah. shit, just especially when you are you know yeah. when you're surrounded by people that are actually doing stuff. You yeah, know? you want a-
3: to speak you want it to speak for itself, man. I want to. I want my shit to speak for itself, bro. You Absolutely, like? man. Yeah. Um
2: I don't know. It's it's uh it's very inspiring to like see somebody's career like yours from afar to me just yeah. because I don't know it's uh I think rap and hip-hop can, like, specifically can sometimes be seen as, like, a young man's game. Is that, like, uh, a fair fair thing to say? Yeah, no, definitely. From a lot of I, people's I, I, perspective?
3: Yeah, but I think the thing is, is, like, hip-hop is getting more and more, like, kind of like rock, and of course. And, and the, that perception, I mean, a lot of the, like, what's young dudes or the young popular dudes, but you still have... The Jay Z's, the E Forties, and Scarfaces, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, DJ Quick, cats that are that that are still relevant legends. You know what I'm saying? For sure, and And
2: I I think that's I think one of the big key factors of people seeing it that way is also we haven't seen so many people like go deep into life. To, yeah. to even express like to see what happens like when a rapper is 50 or
3: well, because you know, hip hop like has, has been one of those things where it's so much geared by, you know, like, the perception of the jewelry and young fly gear. And right. That, like like you said, now we're getting to the point where some of the artists are getting older. And, and so it's like, this is the first time, like, because you got to think, like, this is the first time some of this is happening. So, like, legends like Chuck D and stuff like that are pushing 60 years old. Right. But he's still doing shows, you know. Or
2: even when Jay-Z puts out 444. Like, that, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, that's, like, that's a huge record. Like, yeah. the, the shit that he he drops on that on that record is very like i don't know it's it's uh, obviously a obviously mature perspective on things and yeah it's uh it's very cool to see that yeah and so i yeah. think it's just a matter of time it's like you know some of these people you know we didn't get to see tupac and biggie and like easy e get old so exactly. like we, we have no idea like what they would have like how they would have uh you know upheld to what's going on but like when you're making a record now like like Terrence, which is your, your most recent record. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is your mentality when making that? Like, are you trying to like stay stay relevant while maintaining
3: like what's pure to you, or like that's definitely what I'm doing. Like, like I feel like you you have to have the mindset that you have to relate to to what's current. Relate, not fit in, but relate. And I feel like I want people to relate, but I want them to also be aware of who I am. So that's my perspective on making music so like if you listen to like even did it twice, like did it twice is a song where it has the feel of the but it's cool nuts and I put my spin on it, you know what I mean? So when it comes on, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you're gonna hear, but the elements of it are going are different to where when you hear like okay this is it's the beat is like that but what he's how he's doing it is still him he's not trying to yeah you feel me for sure and then and then then, you know dre dre is dre on there's maniac son so dre is like our voice to the youngsters but dre comes on and but he knows what i do too so dre knows how to like ride with you know rock rock with me and i know how to rock with dre too so i can give him a song and know like he knows where i'm going with it you know what i'm saying so it's the it's being mindful of like being relevant but still not playing yourself. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to even last this long where I'm still like like I tell people, I'm not E40 or Jay-Z, but I'm still in the discussion. My name is still at the table. Like like even when Willamette Week puts out their list of top five hip hop albums for the year, for me to be on there, you know, that's a that's that's an accomplishment for how long I've been doing this, like to say like when they hear my shit, they know like, okay, he's still coming. Like he's not you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: I don't know. When I when I go through your catalog like I don't you know, I don't feel like you're trying to do anything inauthentic, you know. It seems like, you know, you're obviously exploring some things and every year you're gonna have more technology at your hands and more tools. You know? Is it is that super exciting to you to like see how far like the technology side has come along as far as like being able to put together beats and
3: whatnot. Or- oh yeah, it's I mean all of like the production and stuff. That is the the internet is the gift and the curse and the accessibility because it makes stuff so disposable. Right. But the ability to create like even right now this recorder, like literally we could take this recorder and load it up with beats, and be in a hotel room recording an album a mixtape with it just right. off batteries. Absolutely. And, you know a couple <laughs> mics or whatever. So it's just like. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that's technology which which enables you to like even with me doing the radio like being in a whole I can record a whole radio show in a hotel room, put it in the Dropbox. My engineer at the station is going to upload it and it sounds like I'm right there. You know, and I can put it together like that versus having to find a big ass studio and going there and do it. So technology has has definitely enabled us to do a lot of stuff from, you know, MP3s and the, the circulation of music. Uh, to SoundCloud and accessibility of music, but at the same time, that same accessibility makes it more disposable now because, you know, you can create any genre you want now. Like if we sat here and we're like, yo, bro, I think my, um, you know, my our new genre is gonna be exit sign rap. So all we rap about is how you gonna get out of building. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could concept record. You could, you know, you could create that though. Yeah. And all you cover, you all you have is the exit sign. Right. And we put that shit out, and it might go viral. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, me and you doing Coachella, and we created a whole new genre because of the internet, and we didn't have to like press up fifty thousand CDs to even do it. You know, like just but,
2: one retweet. We're all one retweet on, away from Coachella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: you get one person to, to retweet it and say like, "This is this is the next wave," and it's pitchfork or (laughs) a fader like and and it could be something out like we could be recording right here right now with people talking and they're like it was so creative how they they overlooked the chatter in the back
1: yeah still delivered they were so
2: in the moment exactly you know what i
3: mean (laughs) so it's like nowadays it's like it creates the landscape for you to really do whatever but it makes the music like less, like you said, less sustainable.
2: Yeah, and people see like maybe don't value it as much because they
3: don't have to go buy a physical copy of something just to hear it. And you don't you have know? to go seek it out. Yeah. Like if I tell you, like I could tell you right now like, hey man, you heard that new Moro Masa? And then you could be like, like nah man. And <laughs> then listen to you. know, just cruise the phone and you're, you're, you're on not, it. Not, yeah, you listen to, to that on the way home. Yeah, you didn't have to write it down and I gotta pack up my stuff and run right. everyday music yeah. and get it. Now it's like
2: yeah that's definitely like i don't know i brought that up a a few times on the podcast it's definitely like the flip side of the digital age yeah it's it's it's, uh it's got its downfalls for sure but i love fridays man friday's the day that i go on the internet and find out which albums came out today and that's what i'm listening to all day at work because i can just tap into it on my apple music or whatever you know And,
3: and but that's and that's the blessing of it is like you can listen to whatever like if i'm in whatever mood i'm in I don't have to pop in a CD. Like, if I'm in an Isley Brothers mood, if I'm in a, um, you know, Keith Sweat mood, if I'm in an EPMD mood, if I'm, you know, I, I found myself the last week listening to Sly and Robbie Radio on Pandora. You know what I mean? And 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 been, been um you know, even finding, you know, you start finding new stuff. Yeah, you it's know its
2: so. own rabbit hole.
3: Yeah, yeah, so.
2: Absolutely. And then, I don't know, then it makes something like putting a record on, on the turntable almost uh, more... Like ceremonial, almost yeah. sometimes, you know, because yeah. you're committing to that. You're like, you know, yeah. you're not going to just put a record on to listen to one track most of the time, you know. You, yeah, yeah. You listen to that thing front to back. But um, what do you, what do you think has kind of fueled your grind, man? Like you've been able to keep this up, and it's obviously like impressive, and like this is how you, you know, sustain like and feed your family and and shit, like how like what is it like every day that that wants like
3: keeps you creating i think man it's like for one first and foremost um my love like my love and passion for hip-hop and i love the culture but i also love the fact of making music and like and getting it out there and the process of it and recording and the process of like when people hear something or especially like when I know something is dope when I made it, you know, and, and it gets out to the people and it's like, man, that's dope, like that's really dope and that feedback and performing it at a show. Just the overall love of like um of giving it to the world and 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 and, and, and living living in that music, you know, living in the culture of the music. And um and of course another the other blessing again, like you said, was being able to like make a living doing it like you know like that was another that's another blessing i didn't when we started making music i didn't like going like i tell people this all the time like going to europe was not on our like okay we're gonna put out this then we're gonna go to europe or we're gonna put out this i'm going to dubai or put out this i'm gonna be in canada like it was never like that wasn't the thought it was like i'm just put out records like I'm i'm gonna make music and as we make the music Hopefully things happen, you know, and then things happen. Record deals, working with people that you never thought you work with, being in the room with people you never thought you work be with, you know, like like Bosco. You know, Bosco did the talk box on on Kanye's workout plan and J Cole's workout. But going into in the America to the American Music Awards with him and um, and him performing a talk box with Kanye and us, you know, we hanging with Kanye and all that, like never like that's not stuff you you planning for me you know um at the peak of master p's time like helping my boy do a hip-hop magazine and, and 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 priority flies us out there to interview master p so we're in the conference room with just us and master p you know and and seeing ghetto d before it came out um having e40 in a major way cassette advanced cassette tape six months before it came out you know like stuff that like being privy to that like like like, damn like this music got me here yeah
2: know, like no i i mean i can't i can't imagine what it's like on that level just because even on a level where i'm mostly talking to local artists sometimes some touring yeah. touring folks like when people from the community send me their records like hey this is coming out in a couple of months man we just wanted you to like get some ears on it like it's so cool to like be able to get that before anybody else. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I try not to take that for granted too much, especially with the the
3: locals that I really appreciate here and whatnot. Well sometimes you gotta like I forget who it was telling me that you, you gotta look around and at times smell the roses. You know what I'm saying? Like really really realize where you at and where you've been and what you've done and like, like what's happened. Yeah like yeah. what's happening. And look around because sometimes if you're doing it on a regular basis, like even with you like like you said, you like as you see you could see a newspaper article on on Mike Capes and Rashid but then you you kicking it with them or you you had a show hanging with them or drinking with them and like and and at any level it's like I'm doing what I love or, or I'm I'm, yeah. around, I'm around the people that I respect and appreciate For sure, that man. are that are helping push the culture you know what I'm saying, like so. It's one of them things where sometimes you gotta stop be like, man, like this is a moment, you know. Yeah, you gotta realize that it, it is happening right now. Yeah, and I've had, and the thing is, I've had a lot of a lot of moments. Sometimes, like when it's moving, it's moving, and I'm working and I'm grinding. That I don't always get to slow down and like take the moment in, you know, like like wow. Let me let me sit down and have a drink to this moment, you know. For sure.
2: <laughs> is it also just like really really cool to? Kind of show your kids, by example, like you can like do what you want to do and like follow your passions and, and it be
3: fruitful for you? Yeah. My kids, like the thing is my daughter, she's 14 and she goes, she's in middle school. And so she's learned, because you know at times they don't always like, she sees me doing videos and sees the CDs laying around. But sometimes she always, she she really at times didn't fully realize like, but then when she goes to school and her teachers are like, Oh, your, your dad is cool nuts, and then her teachers like like one of her teachers like gives her the money to buy Terrence the CD from her. Like, <laughs> you know, I got all your dads, I got all your dad's album, or or going, you know, or going to her her when she was in elementary school, walking her to elementary school, and people stopping me like, you're, you're cool nuts, right? Like, they learn, and even my son, like my son is like super musical in terms of like what he picks up from me, like not, and not just like what like like oh I'm a rapper, so he but. Him being around it, him seeing certain things like he picks up a lot of the, the culture and his his ideas and and even you know even at seven years old, watching him like be influenced by what I'm doing or seeing like like Dad, my favorite you know my favorite uh video is you and, and you and Uncle Mikey you know and he'll go and on his iPad and find me in his video and you know and I don't play I don't play all my music for my kids like I don't get in a car and put it in my CD because you know, of course, some of it is, is is inappropriate for certain ears. For those young ears, at times. Oh, you
2: don't just like play your mouth. Like, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see know what I'm saying, dude. So, that that is one of the I uh, I think that's one of the funniest songs on on like in hip hop history. You know, that that should be on a play, <laughs> playlist with Tech Nines, uh those seven words. The funny the funny <laughs> the funny thing
3: is we were joking around when we did that. That's
2: on King Cool Nuts yeah, for everybody Reggie, that wants Reggie, to do some research.
3: Reggie Turner. My yeah. name is Reggie Turner and I'm a burner. <laughs> my boy, shout out to my boy RJ. Fuck yeah. And he didn't want to put the funny thing is, he didn't want to put his real name on there. I so bet he like, did. not like Reggie Turner. Uh, oh, it's man. just funny, man. Like but but that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of that was like organic stuff that was fun like we were just being funny like having a good time yeah and a lot of times people be like no don't put like no we're putting that song down <laughs> called verbal porn like
2: yeah right <laughs> no that's that's killer um and it's also just i don't know that was a different time where you didn't have to make a 10 track album to keep people's attention yeah. or whatever but well yeah man i i guess to to close it out like uh Besides, just I'm I'm super appreciative that you were willing to like sit down and, and talk with me about all this. I feel like I'd probably talk with you for hours, but
3: no, definitely I appreciate you having we'll, me. Man. We'll
2: definitely have to do a, a round two sometime. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what, uh, who do you think? You know, as as somebody that has has raised the Portland hip hop flag, you know, for a long time, and and uh, obviously shined a lot of light on it. Who's uh? who's a few people that that you think people should be on the watch for in this city
3: right now man I feel like you know of course of course you got you know you got to give Amina his props like for, for for what he's done in terms of like um you know he he, he did he came in and did something that like like again uh, it, that is again the evidence of the em- the internet and the power of it of being able to put out a video and it gets enough traction to where right. it generates that type of success. Um, so you, you gotta you gotta definitely acknowledge him. Um and then in terms of people that are other people that I feel like have the ability to, to take it there. Um I feel like um I think Mike, you know, Mike Capes definitely one of those front runners. Um I feel like uh like like sometimes he sleeps on himself with like Mikey Vegas. Um he's definitely somebody that, that has the ability um, I
2: was not exposed to him until I started going through your catalog and his features on yeah. some of your tracks, and I was I was very blown away go by his to, stuff. Uh,
3: go listen to like the, his Oregon projects, yeah, and uh, Gold Kilos in the Trap. Uh, and then I was also at I believe an event
2: that you put together potentially at the Roseland, maybe uh-huh. a month or two. It was it was Mike Capes's uh, release party, release yeah, yeah. party with Dre Slaps. I was at that, and that was that was. I don't know. Mike Mike was obviously like really sick that night and yeah, he yeah. powered through with the flu and shit. But like to to see Mike Fontaine, who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. His he he's seems to be on some different shit and yeah. just from like an entertainment level, like I feel like he crosses so many genres. Yeah. And it was him and then it was Rasheed. Yeah. Who like anybody that listens to this podcast knows that Rashid is like yeah, yeah yeah just a heavy favorite of mine and then Mike Capes like that was yeah that was such a crazy like back to back they're just like
3: back. like and 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 I hadn't like I've checked out uh, Fontaine like a couple times like not got to see a full show but that was even that night was like a, a again like a validation for him like to me in terms of like you said like across the board the entertainment factor the rhyming factor the music the energy. Um, I also feel like of course Vinny, Vinny Dwayne. Um yeah, man, I really enjoyed that the delegate track off of Bruh. Yeah. That, yeah. that's a, that's th- one of my favorites, man.
2: That's that's a killer jam.
3: Yeah. And I feel like then that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like Bruh, like Bruh, um, Terrence Project, um, incredible. Like like in terms of thorough rap records. That's why like even with me doing it so long like i'm I'm creating some of my best music you know and, and 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 it's and it's one of them things that's another thing that that keeps me going too is like knowing like I'm still here like I'm still I'm still rocking I'm still dope
2: yeah because if you weren't like I don't know from my personal experience of like writing songs and whatnot yeah when you hit a certain song like that raises the bar for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know yeah,
2: like yeah. Nothing can be below that or it doesn't like make sense yeah, anymore. Yeah. So, and yeah, I feel the same way, man. Like especially with some of your productions that I hear, I'm just like, oh man, this this shit is just going to keep evolving and getting and getting better. Well, I, I
3: want to keep I want to keep making it better each time out. And uh, like even like the next things I'm doing like me and me and Mikey got a joint project we're doing that's going to be produced by Sea Goods. Then I'm doing a a, a EP with Tope. That he'll produce and I'll have him on there a couple songs but a couple other people like little special surprises but like we I'm gonna keep keep like you said keep elevating and evolving because even though I'm learning stuff about myself you know every day like as you get as you get a little older and you start understanding more stuff from a human level about yourself about people and even the energy that you can put out there or the uh the impact you can have it's one of those things where it's just like you know, I want to like, and if you notice, you see like some of the messages change in the music, like you know. Um, yeah, as like you change a, as a person. Yeah, like just, yeah. You know, I was. What was I said on Terrence? I was. Uh, I was thinking of my kids writing wholesome art. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Like, so it's like I'm always like that's a, or even like on did my job, you know, or doing my job, like raising my daughter and raising my son. Like those are important things to me, but. um for, for for me, man, I'm you know, we are not. I'm not going. I'm not, I'm I'm actually. I'm not. am going to slow down. I'm going to speed up. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to catch up. For but, sure. but in terms of like, but also some other people that I would say um, are other people that I feel like like I st- like even like versatile from the lifesavers, Mike Crenshaw, is still still incredible. You know what I mean? Um, who else? Who are some of the other people that I really? Uh, Dre C, um, also Dre, Dre Steves too, um, and then there's other, some younger cats that people, everybody ain't tuned into all the time, like, like Flyboy Moe, and, uh, who else, Flyboy Moe, uh, 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 Jr. Patton, 3AM, like, there's a lot of, like, young dudes now that, like, because you have the ability to perfect what you're doing. You got the ability to watch visuals from other people. For you got sure. The, like now, a video that would take $2,000, 3000 to film, you can do it for $500. Right, right. You know what I mean? $300 yeah. if you got the right cameraman. So Yeah, absolutely. Those are just some of the people. Maniac Loke, uh, Millennium.
2: Uh, I'm going to have so much homework after yeah, this episode. Just, I'm trying
3: to think who else who else do I feel like I'm thinking of casts that I play on the record radio show um,
2: yeah how often does the give a shout out to your radio show man. oh yeah so-
3: the breakout show every Sunday night 9pm to midnight on jamming 107.5 in Portland um you can stream it as well anywhere in the country on iHeartRadio so you can download the app and hear it everywhere you'll hear a lot of stuff you won't hear anywhere else on there from, from Seattle from Tacoma California um and it's, and it's on mainstream radio yeah you know? it was cool we were, yeah.
2: we were chatting a little bit about that before we got on the mics and you were telling me that you actually are you know you're one of the few people out here that actually has some control over what's what's hitting the, the radio these and even days. for that
3: like even for that another thing is I feel like I don't get I don't get the props for, for, for what we what we what we use the the, the radio for a vehicle as like po-hop breakout Tuesdays the penthouse parties. Uh, just and even the show in and of itself, like when you see those lists of Portland's best radio, yeah. Like in terms of hip hop radio, you know, you got DJ Cliff who's doing his thing, you got me doing my thing, you have a uh, and a couple other people, but there's nothing else on mainstream radio pushing the envelope, and even Cl- and even iHeart Radio has been so supportive of me pushing like Northwest hip hop culture. You know, IHeart has been dope, man, and, and my bosses are dope, and don't they don't try to hinder hinder me and hinder us in in what and and even sharing those outlets and access with the artists. So, um, from interviews again to the penthouse parties to streaming to 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 all of that, so. That's
2: very cool to hear, though, because I think a lot of people are usually hearing the horror stories of, like, what's happening with, like, mainstream radio. So yeah. it's cool to see that, like, yeah. some
3: authenticity still exists out there and whatnot. Yeah. No, my bosses, man, they're they're cool and been progressive and supportive and everything. So that's, it's been a blessing to be able to do the radio and, and have that as an outlet and then the people at the station that support what we do. So
2: Absolutely. Uh, and where can people keep up with, with All Things Cool Nuts?
3: Man, All Things Cool Nuts... Everything is at CoolNut, just C-O-O-L-N-U-T-Z, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you just Google it, it's going to pop up. You ain't going to have no shortage. There ain't going to be no shortage of stuff on Google. (laughs) Like I say, Google me.
2: This man's got a Wikipedia, I'll tell you. (laughs) Google me. (laughs) And a
3: Pandora station.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right on, man. Uh, We end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying uh, the tagline for the show, which is, uh, It's a program. Yeah. So if you could say, give us a good,
3: it's a program, we can uh, sail this thing out. That's right, you It's your guy, Cool Nuts. And it's a program, y'all.
2: That's Cool Nuts, everybody. Dropping it on uh, the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Uh, much appreciated, man. This yeah, is thank a you for having killer conversation. Man. And uh, I look forward to continuing to connect with you in the future. Everybody check out. There's there's an insane catalog to yep. go through. So, you know, just, just check it all out. Yep. It's all good You know He's he's continuing to make the make the tunes
3: And it's dope Like it's not it, it, You know It's dope It's not Ain't nobody pandering or Peddling music We making dope records That you'll enjoy to the fullest
2: Absolutely man <laughs> We're gonna play it out With a, a jam Another jam from Terrence uh, This is uh, Best and Worst With uh, Slum Village uh, yep. This is crazy Alright man uh-huh. Thanks again uh-huh. We'll catch you on the flip side Portland Uh huh
3: At my best and my worst, she would love me first, love me first, love
4: me first At my best and my worst, she would love me first, love me first, love me first At my best and my worst, she would love me first,
3: love me first, love me first At my best and my worst, she would love me first Love me first, uh. love me first From my best to my worst
4: She was always right there If I hit rock bottom She would be right there In Magic City nights Kick back like a blur With titties in my face And she was still right there We love hard, go hard And still no limits Jail time, cell time She'll make
3: those visits My earth, my world My highs, my lows The peaks, the valleys Let's find that balance Brought life right to the world My sights on the world From the white sands of magic now we live life in this world. We prosper together, feel losses together, and find my shortcomings so I can love you better. Felt the bumps in the road. Ain't none of us perfect and really work through it when the hard time surface. You love with a purpose and build that structure and work through the pain and sometimes suffer. Let's go. Just
1: love me first. Love me first. Never for another. Love me first. Love me,
0: first. My best, my worst, you will love me first, love me
1: first, love me first. The first. Definition of a lover. Love me first, love me first. Love me
4: first. Yeah, uh-huh. In a worst case scenario I cherish what we had They said we never last But here we go Check our steady flow We surpass, Most of flick a flash Go to this and that We the sinners in the side What's the realest? Where the feelings at? You the definition of the deafness Mrs. Never get it twisted How we came into this grand existence Is it clear to you? We the rarest few It's not a mystery I hella knew I kinda had a clue Yeah I fucked a few yeah, that happened too, that was casual Now you show me that a real man, shit is hard It's collapsible, I said at home, miserable Not accustomed to miracles, but it's pleasurable To put our I love best on best the I pedestal, yes
1: love, love me
4: first, love me first Never
1: do forsake for another Love me first, love
0: me first my best and love me first Love
1: me first, love me first definition of a lover love
0: Nice. 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 We've been down since kids, hoping it never change Still the same, still playing Clark Kent, Lois Lane Cause of my games, future disappearing like David Blaine All in my brain, mama told me like Dana Dane Stay in your lane, don't change, for the group is a fame Make up, then we fuck until we break up the frame Not saying who wrong, who right? All out of spite Let's take an overseas flight Tonight to change the scenery You and me We can be in London the high tea Plus your homie down That's why a nigga made your wife beat Had to smarten up To see the beauty right in front of me Been there since before the beat Most importantly I'm
1: my best and my worst You will love me, Just love me first love me first Love me first Never for safe for another Love me first Love me you love me first Love me first definition of a lover Love me first And my best, and it all
0: Me Just love
1: me first, love me first, me first. To first. Say for Love me oh. first, love me first me
0: That's
3: right y'all, it's your guy Cool Nuts And it's a program y'all